Hi, this is Kath, and I'm helping my beautiful friend Helen write her book called Love Will Do Whatever It Takes. And what we didn't realize when we started doing it is what magic would come from her writing the book. And we want to share that with you. So have a listen. I'd like to welcome you to today. <laughs> All right, everybody. We've got Kathy, we've got Helen here, and we're live. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> I can do that easy. <laughs> okay, so today Helen and I are just going to have a chat and talk to you guys a bit about um, Helen's writing a book. So Helen, tell me, why are you writing a book? Um, why am I writing a book? It's been on my mind for probably about five years um, because... I think over the last 20 years of working as a practitioner and a therapist and telling people just little snippets of my story along the way as I was working with somebody one-on-one or even working in small groups that I've done as well, that telling my story would trigger something for others, mm-hmm. either one person or a group of people. And it's always been really good to be able to tell somebody what had happened to me and what I did about it and what came out of it um, and how beautiful things do come out of it. Let's just go back. Um, that it was important. I saw the power of telling my story and what it did for others. So I think that was always in the back of my mind. But I think about five or so years ago, I got a bit of a tap on the shoulder to maybe write a book. And when I first started looking at writing a book, the last thing on my mind was writing my story. It was going to be a book about inspiration. It was going to be a book about quotes, Hellenisms that I called them. Um, I think I I looked at all sorts of ways of doing it, except what usually happens to me, the actual way I was supposed to do it, right? I dance around the outsides and think, oh, it's about this and it's about this. <laughs> And, yeah, did some work on myself because I thought I was getting in my own way and there were subconscious blocks and all sorts of things going on. And I think that was just distraction mm-hmm. as well. I went off and I learnt something else and, yeah, worked with others, worked with myself. So you said about five years ago you got the feeling that you needed to write a book. Well, what kind of was the impetus to really roll over to get into the point where you're like, okay, all right, I admit it's my story I need to tell. That was 18 months ago. So I'd there's a, there's a group here in Melbourne that help people write their books, whatever sort of books they are. And I I knew I was getting in my own way, so I knew I had to just dive into a seminar that they were doing. And it was a half-day thing on why write a book. And it was during that seminar that I had a couple of little light bulb moments. But by the time the seminar was getting wrapped up and ready to finish, um, I had such an emotion surging through me that I couldn't even take my, you know, open up my mic and say thank you because I was about to burst into uncontrollable tears Mm -hmm. and to me it was just something so significant I had to write my story yeah 
Yeah. And it was powerful and overwhelming. It was like I was just opening up these floodgates. So I got off that call and I cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. And, you know, it was just relief and, and you know, wonder and overwhelm and everything all at once. Um, and then I'd stop and have a bit of a breather and then I'd just cry again and again. <laughs> and from there I got asked, the next step was to do a call with um, the husband and it was in that call with that husband that I got, you know, this this just love will do whatever it takes. The theme of what, you know, I sort of put to everything that had happened in my life. And it hasn't stopped since then. So <clears throat> you did this seminar. You went, oh, my God, I need to write my story. Mm-hmm. And then you sat down and wrote your story. Is that what happened? No. Started to started to started to write it and I'd write bits and pieces and um, then I'd you know get stuck so then I'd push it away for a bit and then I'd try it again and then I'd write a bit more and I'd get stuck I had because I was going back so far in my past Mm. like um, I just figured if I started putting bits and pieces down, I'd fill in all the gaps. But it was just this swirling mass of information inside of me, all sorts of... I certainly remembered the the significant bits because mm-hmm. I told people those significant bits and paper times. Um, but it was all the, the bits in between that I was struggling with. Mm-hmm. So I started to write a timeline, started to do the timeline. So I got my big whiteboard out and started going through... I had journals from so many of those years and started getting all the significant dates and putting them all in some sort of order. And I figured if I did that, then I would be able to get further into writing the actual chapters. Mm -hmm. No. Didn't happen? Didn't happen. So this was how long ago that you started this? 18 months. 18 months. Okay. Mm. That's a long time. Yeah. And it had little moments in between where I felt like I was internally putting pressure on myself, like, you better get this done, you should get this done. And I've realised that that's not life, how life works at mm-hmm. all. So I've become very good at hearing that voice and just, you know, telling it to go sit over in the corner. Um, but I knew something, you, you know, I knew I couldn't write it myself mm-hmm. entirely so I was trying to look at it in all sorts of different ways to figure out, well, how was I going to write it? What was the solution? You yeah. Know? Um, so what was the solution? What happened? Well, then I, I remembered somebody that um, I'd done a course with and a bit of tutor, tutoring with um, from a business and mentoring sort of perspective. Years ago, this fella... Um, and he's, he came to mind and I knew he'd written a couple of books. So, and I remembered him saying to me, um, Helen, he said, you know, writing a book just takes you to a completely different level Mm -hmm. within yourself. And, and, um, that sort of was ringing in my mind and thinking he's been there, he's experienced it. So maybe I can connect with him. Yeah. So I gave him a, a, a call and left a message and then we, we had a catch-up. So you said that you also started doing some speaking engagements. Was that before you started connecting with him or 
Did the speaking start to happen before then? No, I connected with him first. So I connected with him early last year. Mm. And I had a like a two-hour session with him where he just wanted to find out what it was I was looking for, how he could help, if he could help, all those sorts of things. Um, and we were catching up at first once a week. And then, you know, I said to him, I just... I, need more space and time in between there's no hurry with this um and one significant thing that he did give me was getting the topics the significant topics of my life and the story and starting to put them all out Mm. on the wall so because what I'd said to him I found it really hard it was like I'd write on a piece of paper and I'd start writing that way and doing it by hand. And that was really hard because your hand gets sore. And then I'd do it on the computer and I'd type and I'd start doing it that way. But it was like then you get to different pages and you couldn't see back to where you were. It was like I really needed to see it all out in front of me. Yeah. And that's where he said what he did was get post-it notes and post them all over the wall and start putting them into groupings of you know what they were and how they related to each other so I started doing that I got colored post-it notes and I had my whole hallway covered in post-its it's like a piece of art it was it was incredible there was stuff everywhere um and I did see that I could see it all in one look Mm -hmm. which was really super duper right so that was good because then I could start to put things into some sort of sequence and he said that he just started to get these were all for one chapter, this group here is for another chapter. But as soon as I'd done all of that, and that took me a month or so to get all that out, it stopped again. Mm. And so what was the next hurdle or trigger? Well, I got to that point with him and that was when that was about the time where i got asked to do the talk okay to do the public speaking that was may last year i got asked to do a talk about my journey of living in the private um so let's just give you guys a snapshot 5 years ago you went i need to write a book mm. and then 18 months ago something in you said i'm going to do this course it's going to help me write this book mm. And then six months later, you were asked to do speaking or was it a bit longer than that? No. So 18 months ago, I did the author course. Yep. And it's May last year. So it was 12 months later. Okay. So yeah. 12 months later, you then get started asked to do public speaking. Yeah. Have you, like, how did you feel about that? About what? When someone said, hey, Helen, come and talk to our group. Um, at first, um, overwhelmed because my first thought was uh, my journey's been at five to ten years in the making. How do I put that all in a talk? Mm-hmm. Um, and I said no. Okay. Yeah. And then what happened? And then I slept on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I rang the woman back who asked me. I slept on it and I thought, well, you know, I could probably do this because I, it wasn't about me. It felt like... Like I, would, I was being asked by something higher than me to do mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And 
I suppose as you all know along the way, I have had lots of knowing. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, and I follow the no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was really strong that something else was asking me to do this talk. So I rang her back, and she was lovely because she said, "Oh my gosh, Helen," she said, "I was so disappointed. <laughs> I was so disappointed because I thought you would say yes." <laughs> and I said, "Well, it was a bit overwhelming in terms of, you know, how to put ten years into." an hour but um yeah okay I'll do it and she started to plan where and I started to look at what the content was going to be so it's just really cool you were asked to write a book and then you get asked to do a speaking event that's about summarizing a part of what you're going to is going to probably part of my life yes right Mm -hmm. so it's like teaching you hey Helen here's a part of the pathway for you to actually start to write your book. Yeah, I could see that you, you had an epiphany while we were talking <laughs> yeah. here and you are waiting to get to that epiphany going, oh, I've just realised something for you. It was. It was like the beginning of this. Like yeah. This next step, that elevated step of it. Yeah, well, I, I can actually, and as, as we're going to get into more of this as well, but as I've been writing the book, I've realised that some higher power has been trying to get me to talk out to the public for quite a while because 2019 I was going to Terelgan on a regular basis and, and with my chiropractics aligning people and she wanted me to talk she wanted me to do a talk and she was going to book out the venue next door I had no bloody idea what I was going to be talking about mm. at all so mm. I kiboshed it yeah and she crucified me mm-hmm. for doing that yeah she turned on me for some reason and and all it was was because it was like okay everybody seems to think I've got something to talk about but I wasn't very clear about what I was supposed to talk about yeah so I've started putting other pieces together in the past that were actually asking me to do the same thing to talk about my life mm-hmm. yeah yeah but I didn't see it as talking about my life at the time the living in the private showed me how I could talk about my journey and what I'd done and other people found that important. Yeah. So tell me, tell me about the magical moment of writing that speech. Um, to be honest with you, I can't really remember all of it. It all just, you know, for me it was just looking at, I just had a number of different pages in front of me and the pages I just put down, um, I did this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at my health, I looked at my home, I looked at um, the systems out there. I just put different headings to different topics and then started to just put little descriptions underneath of what that what I talk about and that just became like 20 pages, I think, that were just prompts and ideas mm-hmm. to talk about. Yeah. Mm. So you did this speech this talk, mm-hmm. and then what was the ripple effect of doing this talk? Well, everybody kept creating more. As soon as I did the first talk, somebody created the next talk. Can you speak again? Can you speak at this venue? Oh, and, and they were going to organise the people. I didn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. That was what the incredible thing was. It was like I just had to turn up. Yeah. Everybody else was running around creating venues for me and creating people to attend, and... Yeah, and it just got a life of its own. Yeah. And I just had to turn up. So where did that then take you? Like, did it take you back to writing the book or did it 
what sort of happened? Well, it sort of branched things off for a little while and it needed to. Mm -hmm. I was still periodically seeing my friend um, to help me with writing the book. But I have to say that, you know, I'd come away from those last couple of sessions thinking this isn't working, mm -hmm. you know, there's something not quite right here, but I wasn't prepared to finish things work with him. Um, the book had had sort of sidetracked to me doing the public talks and then people from those public talks wanted to know how to learn what I'd done so that then became small groups that I started seeing from home that then turned into step one and step two and then became step three mm -hmm. that I was um, putting together for others. So that then turned into, I better have a look at a website. That then turned into the man who was helping me with the book, helping me organise the website and then s suggesting to me that I needed to get a membership happening and a community happening. And without me even realising, I started following what he loves to do. So what happens in your life, Helen, when you start doing that? Start doing what? Following what other people rather than following you. What happens? Yeah. It's a good question. I, I think I just end up starting walking up a garden path. Mm-hmm. It's not my path. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and things just start getting off track. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They start getting hard as well. It's like I don't have any great joy in setting up a website. I don't have any great joy in creating um, a community and a platform to have a community in, on. Um it all gets hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the simplest way to say it. And what I've found for myself is when I'm walking my path, nothing's hard. Yeah. So what made you, like, was there an aha moment or what kind of got you to the point where you're like, I have to do something different? Well, I learn a lot of things. And, I mean, I think that when I get off track and I'm starting to walk somebody else's passions and things that they love to do, I have these moments where I kind of, you know, you can hear the mind saying, you know, but maybe this is what you're supposed to do. Mm. And, 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 you know, um, maybe you just need to really learn about the websites and you need to learn about, you know, the online group and, you know, and, and IT and technology and things like that just for a little while. There's always some little murmur going on from the mind. Some way to justify your current Some actions. way to justify <laughs> what I'm doing, you know, because it's like I'm not liking it. Um so, yeah, I got dragged along to a certain point and I certainly met a woman who was fabulous at doing websites and I now know that I can just say to her, hey, set up a page and put this on it. And I don't have to think about that. I don't have to do that. She can do that. Yeah. Um, so the book kind of came to a screeching halt and this was all starting to take over mm -hmm. everything and I wasn't enjoying myself okay. that much. Yeah. Mm. So then what happened? Yeah. So the talks had a life of their own, as I said, and they went right through 
till what May, so June, July, August. There were mm-hmm. three months of really, you know, doing talks on a regular basis to big groups all the time. Actually, can I ask what changed about yourself doing that? So a three-month period of time, you'd never really talked about your story. How did it change you sharing your story just to those groups, like those portions of your story? Well, everything flowed. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't so much about changing me. I could step straight into that. That was easy. Mm-hmm. And it all flowed. From ha- having done the talks, people then said, what's next? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I've given you a resources sheet. Go go do the, the, the paperwork. This, this is the next step that I did. But then people wanted to know how to do that. So I just had a bit of an epiphany. Well, I'll do small groups from home. And that started to work beautifully. Mm-hmm. I had up to 200 people through my home in a matter of a few months yeah. doing step one that I called it. And then people wanted to know the next step that I did as well. So I created a step two. All of that happened with great ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I started teaching step two to a, a big group. And that worked beautifully. Um, and that just started to recreate itself over and over again. So... Now you said you weren't happy, though. Like, there was a part of you that it wasn't fulfilled or what? Like In all of that, I was. Yeah. In all of that, I was. It was just the direction that it seemed to be taking with the guy that was helping me with the book. Okay. With putting it all into... You know, he he wanted to create community for himself. So he was, without realising, it was imposing that on me as well. And I didn't want to create community. Okay, yeah. I'd seen how it does it all by itself. Mm -hmm. People were already doing all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to do that. But I certainly wanted to contribute Mm -hmm. in my own way to those communities. Yeah. So that's what was, was getting really hard. The book had gone onto the back burner and... I was focusing on things that I didn't love. Okay. I had no joy in at all. Yeah. Mm. So did you have like a wake up in the middle of the night epiphany of, oh my gosh, I need to walk away from this guy and go do something else? Or what was kind of the impetus for the change that you made? Well, I think for a few months I had towards the end of last year, I just had nothing to do with him at all. There was no need. Mm. There was no need at all because... um, I think I'd already started to figure out that um, he, he wasn't providing me with it. Other than telling me to put those topics on the wall and to set it all out and be able to see it and all that, that was great. That yeah. was great. Um, but after that, it started going off a different track. And um, I'd said to him originally that I really wanted somebody that was going to um, hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, if I wasn't doing certain things and stuff to address it. And I'd completely forgotten about that. So it was time to start reviewing it and that's what I started doing internally. I started looking at what I'd first asked for and what I was getting now and it was something completely different, yeah. So I knew something wasn't right but I had to, you know, when I'm in two minds about something, it's always been a great rule of thumb for me. I don't do anything. I don't make a decision if I'm, you know, sort of not clear I have to wait until I'm like yes finish it with him or yes stop doing this and start doing that so along came Christmas and 
just after Christmas, I decided to go for a drive. It was another knowing. It was this whim. I have to go and see my cousins. Mm-hmm. Yep. A couple of little texts and messages all set off by a crazy midnight text I'd got from an, um, an older cousin of my mum's just set off a chain of events. And I had to go see my cousins. So I let them know and I hit the road. Mm-hmm. And it was... Hang on, hang on. When you say you were going for a drive, yeah. it wasn't like you were just going two hours tootling down the road. No. How no. long was your drive? Uh, three and a half thousand Ks. Yeah. <laughs> Each way? Yeah. No, in total. Oh, just in total. Okay. In t- just in total. Yeah, <laughs> over six days. All I had, I had a six-day period to do it. Yeah. Because I had to be back for other things, but I knew I had to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, so I just, I hit the road. And I drove for hours and hours and hours some days. Um, but I had so much time to think mm-hmm. and be, just be in the quiet and be on the road. And in that space, you don't even realise just how much you're processing mm-hmm. as you're driving along. And I didn't realise how many epiphanies I was going to have along the way, those aha moments and beautiful moments of crying as I was driving, <laughs> just having epiphanies about things. Um, and it was a cathartic drive. Mm-hmm. I came to terms with and um, reevaluated everything. Yeah. Yeah. Turned everything in my life upside down and inside out and um, got clear. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, you come home and then what happened next? Um... I knew that I wasn't going to work with that fella anymore. It was done. And I do like to take my time to, you know, address things with others in a kind way, Mm. in a loving way as well. Um, I pride myself on just doing it with a very good moral compass mm-hmm. and so I'll, I'll kind of do an email to somebody I'll think it through or write it through or you know look at it from all sorts of different angles and take as much time as I need until I get it right and um, yeah then send him off a really loving and kind email saying that the journey had been wonderful and I found myself a little off track and heading in the wrong direction and thanked him for his time and stuff and said that, you know, I was going to continue on and do it on my own. Um, No, that's not quite true. I told him that the other epiphany that I'd had was that I was going to approach you about writing it with me because part of the, the, the journey, the drive, had given me the understanding that it was in combination with the right person and I'd started remembering how you loved writing, how, you know, years, over the years we've talked about your love of writing and you've written your own, you know, books and things like that. Um, there was something in that, mm. yeah. And I was, I'd kind of known that for a little while but I was waiting for the timing and the right time to talk about it. And, of course, I had talked about it with you and you were, like, so excited. I was like, yeah, you know, yeehaw, let's go. So that became the impetus to write to him as well and to let him know that I'd found the solution. Yeah. And, you know, 
thanked him for his time but said I've found the solution and just the 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 first get together that we'd had was you know me talking to you and telling you the story and you crying about my story <laughs> and I'm like you know I told it heaps of times but I kind of to hear how other people hear your story mm. is a whole different bag yeah a whole different thing and then you would type down what that story was about and you then read it back to me and I started crying <laughs> as I'm reading just more depth about my story. So I put all that anyway into the letter to him and it was like he got sacked, right? It was like time to move on. I found the solution. Yeah. Yeah. And what I realised from starting to write with you and have conversations with you is that when I immerse myself into my story, I'm in it. Mm. I can't logically and structurally and whatever, I can't see it from any other point of view. Yeah. Um, and that's really important for me to go there and be in that. But you've got the gift of writing about what you see is happening to me and... I think doing what you're doing right now, asking me questions that make me go, oh, I've got to go a little deeper or I've got to look at it a different way, which then gives the whole story just this incredible dimension. Oh, my God. It's phenomenal. Like, just, A, it's a real honour to be able to share this with you. Like, just the ripple effect it's having on my life is just phenomenal. Well, that's the other thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's becoming, it's like your witness. Mm. This is about being a witness. Yes. It's just something. Well, and I'm helping you to anchor it here. Mm. But being a witness then started to unravel things in your life as well. Which we go right back to the beginning of this discussion today where I said, you know, why, why write a book? Well, because I saw that my story on you know an individual or groups would have some significance and do something yeah. shift some someone show them something and that's exactly what's been happening with you as we've been writing absolutely beyond anything that i could have imagined i'm like yeah sure i'll help helen write a book yeah not How realizing hard can this be? <laughs> not knowing it was going to turn you inside out at the same time it's unraveling my life in the most beautiful way yeah because I need it desperately, yeah, Not desperately. But you know, to really. But that's also giving me. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I never. I, when it's your story, so it's my story. Um, I know that I've been through a hell of a lot, mm. and I've, I, you know, that's that's a given, yeah. But when you start witnessing what it does for somebody else Mm. that's extraordinary yeah yeah how it influences and changes somebody else that's extraordinary you you can't put a price on that you can't value that yeah but it gives me it it's it shows me how important it is yeah Mm. yeah it's beautiful yeah So what was, read this out, because this, I think, is nice for everyone to hear. Oh, do you think? Mm. Um, Yeah, three o'clock in the morning, you know, something was waking me up. So the book, I mean, this is what I wrote about 
what I'm writing. I'm writing about how living my life changed me. Yeah, so all the stories and all the people and all the cycles in my life changed me um, and changed my world. Mm. So as I'm starting to revisit everything, I'm starting to see the ripple effects of how because I was um, willing and taking full responsibility to change things in my life, how it changed everybody else around me. And you'll see with as we go into the book... Some people changed readily, but most people kicked <laughs> and fought and screamed and blamed me and, you know, all sorts of things, yeah? Um, and as we were just saying then, the next step to that is, so if I, write, if I tell everybody out there about how living my life changed me and changed my world, then for everybody out there, as they're listening to me tell the story, it'll change their life. Mm. And ripple out and change their world as well yeah and for anybody out there that's scared of change you better get over that <laughs> you better get over that because we're here to do exactly that mm. we're not here to be the same person i've reinvented myself every seven years of my life my whole life yeah and at one point i had i told you about it I had four of my license, my driver licenses, um, and I looked completely different in each one. Yeah, completely different in each one. Um, and I've known for a long time. One of my knowings: we are here to change, because through change we evolve. Mm. Yeah, and change everybody else. Right, and that's when the magic happens. That's when your life becomes magical when you surrender to the change. Explain that one for me. <clears throat> When you stop trying to hold on to everything and try to keep it the way that you think it should be, you're losing. There's nothing. There's no space, right? There's no room for anything magical to come in. Uh, note to everybody right now, it sounds like Kat's talking from personal experience here. <laughs> but as soon as you start to open up and as soon as you start to embrace that change, then it just becomes easier. You can breathe. You can expand yourself things that you were knocking on your door that you were oblivious to are suddenly there and your path is easier. You can walk it simply. Yeah, everything starts to flow. Yeah. Because everything is. It's like a stream all headed in one direction. And, I mean, I used to, I knew this years ago because it was like the only, as soon as, as, soon as things would become hard or would feel like um, it wasn't quite working out, mm. And I don't know, there were, I'll find more of these bits and pieces as I go through the story, but I knew when I was off track. Yeah. I knew when I was off track and that's how I used to explain it to people too. It was like, I just sort of do, you know, here's one path heading straight ahead and you're just off here a bit. Mm. You're 40 degrees off over here somewhere. And what does that feel like? Well, it's hard. It's tough. It's like pushing against the stream. It's, you know, it's not working right and it's not flowing and all sorts of other terms. And I would just have to bring myself back on track. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not always clear. Mm -mm. It's not always clear. And you don't always have the self-awareness to check in and go, oh, whoops, you know. <laughs> I've woken up this morning and gone, geez, the last three months I've been off track. 
Well, and then there's so much of the mind gets involved in that whole story. You know mm. you need to shift and you know you need to get back on track, but then your mind's like, but I've dedicated so much time to this and blah, 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 and I've got this here and this here. Mm. And, and who all... says this isn't the right path, you yeah. know? <laughs> but it's all baloney, right? It's, yes. It's because it's you know. Yeah. Everybody knows. I don't care how asleep you are. There's still something inside you. Well, and I think, though, the other, the other thing, that the important part to all of that is that most people have no idea what it's like to be in flow and to stay there because it's beautiful. Mm. Yeah? Everything works. Yeah. There's no struggle. There's, you know, it, it's it's just everything's working in with you and through you. And unfortunately, we've been pushed off that path and we get continually pushed off that path. And we've been programmed to think that life is hard and tough and you've got to work hard and all, all those, you know, great little memes yeah. that go with that. Um and also when you start getting on path and everything is working with ease, there's a part of you also that shits yourself about that. Because <laughs> you know? then you're like, oh, my God, what's going to go wrong because everything's yeah. good and now I've got to, like, mess yeah. it up, you know. But I can categorically say that we are here to absolutely create heaven on earth mm. and to do it with great ease without having to plug into half the bullshit that we think we have to. What if we're not here to work? What if we're not here to worry about money? We're not here to do any of that sort of stuff. But that's such, um, um, we talked about before with being 40, 40 degrees off. That's like a 180 <laughs> degree off path. Like, that just really messes with people yeah. to think that. Even the whole concept about being healthy. Um, you know, I remember years ago, somebody said, what does a healthy body feel like? Mm. Nothing. Mm. is the answer nothing because there's no <laughs> aches and pains there's no need for the body to signal anything else so it feels like nothing yeah and that's a concept that when i first heard that was like what mm. what the hell yeah yeah so what does a beautiful life feel like extraordinary you know joyful wonderful you know and you look forward to the next bit and the next bit but that can seem like a 180 degree turn for some people as well oh, that's right and that's i think the power of this book because this book takes them by the hand and shares your stories. And it's just a gentle realignment. Mm. Each chapter, each story, it's just a gentle realignment. Yeah. Some will be like, aha, epiphanies for people and other things will just, it'll just unravel. Yes. Unravel them and the stories and the programming without them even being aware of it. Yeah. Because that's the power of you. Yeah. Like that's a part of you spent so much of your life cleaning yourself up. Mm sorting your stuff, going through the stories. The stories were you finding you mm. and living you. Yeah. And bit by bit, it's just that that's, I think, that's the pivotal aspect. You're clean now. Like if you'd written your story five years ago, it wouldn't have the power that it has now. Yes. Yes. I think talking to the people last year signalled that the, the degree that I've cleaned up my stuff, yeah, I don't carry the baggage around anymore. Um, and people during those talks felt that. Yeah. They absolutely felt the clarity. And I think what you said before, it's important that people realise that you keep listening to us, having these conversations, and we're going to start sharing some of what the book's about and things like that too. Um, be prepared to unravel mm. because everybody out there needs to get rid of um, their stories, their stuff, 
their baggage, whatever it is you want to call it, um, we're not supposed to be walking around carrying it around at all. Yeah. It's time to clean up. Absolutely. Yeah, and clean it out. And it's not as hard as you think it is. Your no, brain makes it, oh, my God, it's insurmountable, but it's not. It's just one thread. You're mm. just pulling one thread. Yeah. And then that's when the magic starts to happen. Yeah. Right? And that's the beauty of this book. Yeah. So that's the Helen Fabulous. and Kath chat for today. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Tune in for the next episode. Excellent. <laughs>